Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 7 of Candor's Candor. My name is Dreamweaver, and I'm your community manager. And this week, once again, I am here with Kyle Candor Valley, our creative director for EQ2. I am very clearly a little bit slow today for probably a lot of different reasons, and I apologize for any weird pauses that will probably get edited out by our amazing sound designer. Uh, but besides that, I think we can dive right into the questions. We'll probably have some of our weird or silly things, or, you know, I'll say some words incorrectly. It usually is going to happen after I totally massacred some stuff last episode. So uh, let's get on with it. Kyle. Yeah. I just want to you... say, like, I've never corrected you on the pronunciation of my name, so... Is Valley not correct? That's not correct. Valley? It's Valley. Valley? <laughs> Just so you know, it's French Canadian. I have <laughs> bad things to say about people from Quebec. <laughs> Montreal, exactly. Yeah. I've, I watch Letterkenny. I know where this is. I know. Uh -huh. Valley. You know what? I, uh, I think I normally would apologize for this, but today I'm not sorry. So okay, that's all right. Today I'm not sorry. I'll be sorry tomorrow. Maybe, maybe 30 minutes later. Who knows at this point? Sorry, not sorry. Exactly. Charbrin EQ2 from the forums with the recently released ability to buy the Epic 2.0 abilities for zero copper on the Seru Merchant at level 120. Can it be possible to put the Awakened Abilities recipe book on that vendor to purchase with status, plat, expat currency, or similarly priced at 0C if you're a crafter level 120, perhaps requiring the crafting timeline to be completed as well? Barring that, adding it to the Anchorage Merchants to be bought with chits, high amount even would be nice. I've been doing all the dailies that can drop this book, and well, daily, no dice. With all the fragments we get now, it'd be really nice to upgrade to my alts without having to commission. It's a lengthy process since you have to make every single tier. Right. So it shouldn't be an issue to do that. It still requires like rares and epic spell components, and those are much easier to get now. So I don't the only the only reason that we would have any like um <laughs> trepidation about putting that on there is because it's just Everybody that has it now has 312 more recipes on them. So, because <laughs> it's the book is all of the spells. So, everyone has to load up 312 more spells. But I don't think that's that bad because that's how many um, epic spell upgrades there are. <laughs> but it's not major. I mean, everything adds up. So, we're always kind of careful like what we, what we put where and, and why just because, you know, we're always trying to keep every you know, performance up and all that other stuff. So, but that said, um, I don't think that that would be a problem. I don't, I think we could probably do something with that. Okay. This kind of might pertain to a later question since that one was answered kind of quickly. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to take a quick moment and explain to everyone listening why performance matters in this case? Like what loading the spells is doing to performance or at least kind of give the best estimation that you can give of that? Well, yeah, I mean, every time you do something on a character, you're loading up stuff. And and the way that, like, over the years that we've made EQ2 run better is by not accessing anything until you access it. Because once upon a time, believe it or not, your characters just accessed all that stuff all the time, like your spell book, your recipe book, your, <laughs> like, like, your bank, 
your shared bank. Like, and so what we've done is we've gone through over the years and we've changed things to where, you know, you will never access any of this stuff until you access it, right? Like it's not loaded on your character. It's not actually there. And then, you know, when you have 50,000 people online and they're all accessing their recipe books, that kind of stuff could definitely bog down the database. So that's why we're always like real careful about how much stuff we give people. We have done stuff in the past and we're always trying to make performance better, but um, we have done stuff in the past to like lower all the footprint of the characters and stuff like that. So, and it's something that we're always looking at. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just, I thought it might be helpful to kind of get an idea of why we say things like that. So like possibly why adding an additional 312 spells to everybody's spell book might be a little bit taxing, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is 312 recipes to your recipe book and you're going to access them every time you open it. I mean, honestly, in the gist of things, it's not that bad, though. Cool. All right. Next, Chicken says, thanks for these podcasts. And let me say I can listen to you talking about stupid stuff for a long time. Slash thumbs up. More fun stuff. Reminiscing behind the scenes jokes and anecdotes would be awesome. With your years of experience in this business, I'm sure you guys have tons of things to share. None of them are exciting. (laughs) That was my commentary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, there is some stories there is curl your hair there is <laughs> that will probably get edited by our yeah. wonderful sound engineer who's really nice and kind uh, <laughs> um, there is a question that chicken has after this i just i i feel like these stories sometimes I, I think we don't find them exciting in any way, shape, or form. Maybe just because we lived it. So maybe we will try and introduce some of these stories in every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've lived it a hundred times. Yeah, times or a thousand times. Exactly. Wait. So like, it it might be more exciting to you guys than it is to us. I don't think you really think about that on a daily basis, really. Right. But um. We'll try and do more of that chicken. So thanks for that part. The question that they posed is, can you please implement some sort of class reset token? Class. Not yeah. class. Uh, like race token or betrayal or trade skill reset NPC, something that will allow their once played characters to be converted to a class they actually now enjoy and will play. I and many others have tunes we once tried and played, accumulated cool or non-tradable, non-transferable items, houses, mounts, tunes who now sit and gather dust. Hesitant to delete because of the horde of items that would be deleted with them. And I realize that this can cost DB cash or loyalty tokens or whatever other means of payment, but please let us switch classes. Slash plead. Well, uh, chicken with two Ks. Um, you, <laughs> Chicken you, you basically just explained why we can't do that. That's part of it is, yes, you have tunes that have accumulated no tradable, non-transparent house items, mount items, recipes, quests. We have come to the edge and, and talked about doing a class reset token many times. And basically we would have to completely reset your character like we would have to wipe all the quests and i don't think anyone wants that to happen because i mean there are literally so say you played just as an example as a shadow knight and you did a lot of quests as a shadow knight 
there are things there, like if we let you switch to, say, uh, you know, an Inquisitor, that could totally ruin your day. <laughs> so there's multiple reasons why we haven't done that. Um, but that's something, a, that feels like a big one. Just, that's, yeah. It makes me physically uncomfortable to be like, all right, you can class switch, but you're going to lose everything. Yeah, I mean, oh. that, would, that would be, I mean, they'd keep all their items and all their houses and all their mounts and all their tunes. But then, like, what about the houses, items, mounts, and tunes that are linked to quests and quests, you know, that you had right. to have to, to have them on you? And all the stuff that you saved all becomes unusable because you don't have the quests anymore. And you can't have the quests because if we changed your class, then you could run into two, three thousand quests that you can't even do because you already did them. Or, yeah, it's it's oh. so the. We have talked about this many times. We have we have come to the edge of the precipice and said, how can we do this many times? And it's always just a, a terrifying discussion. We're not just not doing it because we haven't thought about it. There's a lot of problems that could happen. And basically, I don't know. I mean, there might be some people who'd be okay with that where they get to keep their you know, their character name and, and like their titles and like all the items and stuff like that. But then they would lose. They'd have to completely start over. Some people might be okay with that, but then there might, we might even have to like wipe your recipe book. I don't even know. Like, oh, God. like just sitting there thinking about the stuff that's connected and how things have been done for almost 16 years. It's quite terrifying. And I, I'm scared. Yeah, that's the, that's the answer to that one. Well, great. That gonna be honest. I I didn't. You sounded a lot more upbeat when you were answering the beginning of that question. <laughs> I didn't. I I uh, did not see it going where it went, and uh, I'm just I'm gonna keep going. I I don't know where else to go from that. I'm I'm genuinely frightened now. I feel like this is worse than seeing everyone's unorganized bag just. Right, it could Just be complete full wipes of quests that you would no longer have access to in a game called EverQuest Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all. I mean, then you go into collection quests, like all oh, those no. things. Like you wouldn't be able to redo any of those, and there might be ones that you need for like quests, for class and quests, I items that you like, already have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's just oh, there's gosh. it's it's a spider web of of horrors, you know. <laughs> And the only reason I was update upbeat answering it was because I, I knew the answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I have been involved in those conversations so many, many times. times. Yeah. All right. The next question uh, comes from Dirge Noob for Real. Uh, they would like to ask two questions. Uh, one, can we talk a bit about the Raglad? Rag. Mm. So many words that I can't yeah. say today. Just broken. I'm a broken Raid lag. Raid lag. What is causing it, and when can we expect a fix? Yeah. Okay. I'll ask the second one after you tackle this. So there's a lot of things that cause it. There's 24 people being in a zone casting 2,400 million thousand bajillion spells at once. There's a ton of things that cause it. What we are doing is we are going through and we're trying to give top priority to raids on nodes so that 
We're trying to redo our hierarchy of server nodes so that raids always get an empty node each time a raid is spun up so that we don't have raids on the same nodes as heroics and especially public quests. And so we're going through and we're redoing the node hierarchy right now. It's our top priority. In fact, it's being worked on as we're speaking. The problem is, is every year we go through and we kind of do that. We launch the expansion, we go through and we make sure raids have their own nodes to go on and stuff like that. And this year something happened and we did do that. It wasn't like something we forgot to do or didn't do. And I'm not even sure what happened, but it's like it got all grabbed and thrown into the same bucket again. We are working on that. I've even had people that have that have told me they've noticed a difference since Friday. So we're trying to get the public quests as far away from the raids as possible um, because that's more than 24 people casting 11,000 million bajillion, 11 <laughs> million, 11 million spells at once at the same instance. I mean, that's like, that's one of the big things, right? Like raiders, we went through and we implemented like spells that take two or three seconds to cast or even longer and charms that take two or three seconds to cast or even longer. And basically this is an interesting look into like Ascension spells because Ascension spells were designed to be like longer cast, but worth casting, right? Like they do a lot of damage, but they take a long time to cast. And we got all that stuff together and we did that. And the the first expansion that we had Ascension spells and charm changes and stuff. There were no lag complaints. It was amazing because, you know, everyone's trying to like do burst DPS. So everybody's casting all their stuff as soon as you start, which is going to cause lag for sure. So there's that we're trying to go through and make scripts and a lot of other stuff more efficient. We're, we're constantly trying to make stuff better. So, but the big thing is, is hopefully Hopefully this week people will start to see, well, hold on. I don't know when they're going to be listening to this. <laughs> I mean, hopefully this week, depending the on next, approvals. Depending next, on approvals, hopefully this week. Sure. In the next couple of weeks, you know, between, I want to say, the 4th of May and the 15th of May, you should see definite improvements. And okay. we're not done. We're, we're you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big priority. Okay. The second part of Dirge Noob for Real's question is, or the second question, rather, will there ever be implemented a way to improve your character outside of raiding? The current meta is do heroics for a month and raid until summer events. A way to improve your character outside of raiding would be welcome as the game is currently extremely top-heavy, with raiding being the only way to improve your character. I... I... I feel like what they're saying here is they're looking for, I think this is similar. Heroics that drop raid loot? Well, I mean, so this has come up a couple different times in a couple different threads. And I think Dirge Noob for Real has been part of some of these threads. Mm -hmm. And the comparison that they make very frequently is uh, something like, the mythic dungeons that WoW does. Um, someone used an example from another game too. Yeah. Maybe it was... 
We do all that stuff, and we might have been like Destiny Two or something like that. Well, Uh, no, I mean, I'm saying they're comparing it to things that are active right now, right? Right. Yeah. So, Mythic Dungeons for WoW. I think it was maybe Nightfall for Destiny Two, and there may have been a third comparison. But I think what they're kind of saying is, is there are people who can't pug raids. Mm-hmm. or can't get in raids or would prefer not to play with that many people and are looking for like similar rewards for difficult content like what we did with the Diaku Corral approach mm-hmm. challenge I think right. is what they're saying but like in general right. as part of everything we design I, I think that's what the question means because it's kind so, of vague so I'm yes. like putting together a bunch of different information from all over the forums, right. hoping that this is what you're talking about, Dirge Noob, for real. And if it's not, please clarify. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we tried to do challenge heroics and stuff like that. We put those in with the expansion. Um, we have been discussing the tier on that stuff because basically our tier one raids are hopefully designed to where players can pug them and play together and do raids with, you know, relatively just a lot of players. I mean, you have to have some mix and match of tanks with healers. and <laughs> Like, you're not going to go in and do it with 24 brigands, probably. Ha ha. And, um, but like, so we are right now, we're 24 looking at... 24 necromancers. Yes, yes. We're looking at the tier of stuff because we feel like we put all this work into the challenge heroics and they're, they are challenging they're more difficult than the tier one raids in most cases. Raids kind of ramp up at tier two, right? This is completely on purpose that tier one raids are relatively easy um, because we want people to be able to, you know, we don't want to like limit raiders to, you know, just the top 20% of the game. So these, these challenge heroics, the stuff in them isn't quite as exciting as it should have been. We're going to have start having a lot of discussions about, especially with this expansion this year, about, you know, like if you're in a challenge heroic that requires six people who really know how to play and, and you know, to be successful, then perhaps that zone should be giving better loot than tier one raids. So, and that kind of stuff. We're, we're, we're in a very serious discussion right now about, like, how can we make stuff outside of raids more rewarding? I mean, and then going back to, like, there's obviously quests and collection quests trade skill stuff where we do put in stuff that you can improve your character outside of raiding. Um, For a long time, we've always tried to make sure there was at least one close to best in slot, if not best in slot items in multiple play styles so that everyone kind of has a chance at that kind of stuff. And also, you know, everything isn't in raids. We are, we are looking at some stuff like that. We're talking about this year um, with the expansion about doing, a little less uh, heroic content and maybe some more X2 zones, which are, you know, two groups of people. We've had X2s in the past and they've been really popular. They just have to be itemized correctly and make it so that they are worth running. Um, and, 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 and people do like, you know, X2 content. So X2 or two group content. We're looking at doing maybe possibly a little bit less heroic stuff and, and a bit more other stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, um, I mean, when I say a little bit less heroic stuff, we might omit one theme. So, like, every year we do almost, I think we do 12 or 15 heroic dungeons, mm-hmm. you know. So we might do nine, you know, or 10 heroic dungeons this year and maybe, you know, an X2 dungeon and maybe a big heroic dungeon. 
I know a lot of people ask for contested stuff. Contested stuff is a real problem. There are certain players who really like contested content, and then the majority of our players, you know, they find it frustrating. So, right, that um, makes sense. We did do Kale contested, and and I felt like the Kale Dracal contested last year came out real good. I think it was popular. I think people so liked it's, it. It's so. not off the table. It's just no, no, no. no we're no. looking strongly at. Yeah, so that's not off the table at all. It's not off the table at all. So, but um, I mean, it's finding the right tiers to where everything feels like it's worth doing outside of raiding, right? Right. And then, and then also historically, raiders tend to get upset when they devote all their time to playing raids and the hardest content in the game. You know, like tier two, tier three, tier four raids, and there's stuff that they can't get you know, that's best in slot from raids, but I kind of feel like that's okay if it's a limited number of slots, right? We wouldn't want to make it so like raiders who, are, you know, diehard raiders that all they want to do is raid with other people, which is basically what EverQuest and EverQuest 2 is about, you know, is raiding and stuff like that. We wouldn't want them to have to spend half their time doing other content things because they can't get all the stuff that they need to raid in, in raid zones. It's balancing the tiers. It's balancing the rewards to make it feel like it's worth doing time versus reward, risk versus reward, all that stuff. Right. Okay. All right. And like I said, dirge noob for real. Um, if that wasn't quite what you were asking, feel free to clarify, but hopefully that answers your question. Next question comes from fracas crusher. Damage numbers are pretty outlandish. Is EQ two ever going to see a squash revamp combat system? I'm guessing that means a number squish yeah, or a, um, and a revamp slash or a revamp. So, yeah, other games have done stat squishes. Um, to varying degrees of success. Right. We don't have any plan to do that. I think that it's part of what makes EQ2, you know, we're not, like, going back and changing a lot of things just isn't popular. A lot of players just don't, like, change and as far as the numbers, we're not anywhere near to producing numbers that, you know, the game is going to go, what? <laughs> you know? so We haven't hit caps yet, folks. Yeah, I mean, it's now raid mobs have trillions of hit points, and that could go on <laughs> for that could, a long, we long go, time. We could go higher than trillions? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, good Lord. All right. So the people we're talk a gonna, lot about... We're going to start bit, doing scientific. Yeah, we... Scientific we did, notation. We, <laughs> right. For we all did of move, our um, We did move numbers into the 64-bit thing, so we have, we have a lot of numbers to work with. So, okay. So there's no, there's no plan to do a stat squish. Okay. Um, and like you said, other games have done it with varying degrees of success. And yeah. at this point, I don't really think we want to do a, a major change like that. 16 yeah. years in, it's a pretty intense change, especially yeah. if we've never done it before. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final question for this episode. And before I get to the final question, here's, here's my question for the episode because okay. it has to be, <laughs> it has to happen at some point. So I've decided it's going to happen now. All right. Uh, we've now been in uh, work from home slash quarantine for 
I I think I've broken 65 days. I think I did the math correctly. Mm. Um, what is the thing that you have been doing besides playing video games? Because we've already established it's basically what we're doing anyways. Mm-hmm. What is the thing that you are doing to occupy your time? There's work, there's video games. What's the other thing? Oh, man. Uh, I spend a lot of time with my dogs. I have two very large German shepherds who have a lot of energy and want to do a lot of things. So I try to break once a day and go out and throw the ball around. These guys play very aggressive game of ball that is unlike any other dogs that you've seen play fetch. (laughs) They like, they like high speed. Like it's, it's almost like a combination between playing ball and um, hunting trying to think of like, where's like a game that they throw balls at very high velocity, like high lie, <laughs> high lie, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And then, um, I also, I take them on walks every night. We wait till late and we go late when nobody's out because we just, there's too many, it's easier many, that way. Too many things that could cause, yeah. Issues with my, my two shepherds. So one of them has a very, High prey drive. <laughs> oh, like I couldn't tell cats. by the sound of how they go after the ball. It sounded yeah, totally yeah, yeah. normal. Yeah, so that's that's probably that. And then I, I'm probably doing what everyone else is doing. I'm probably watching movies or trying to catch up on TV shows. Or at the very least, you know, I we do try to stay a little active, and the dogs are good at helping me get my. 10,000 steps in a day, you know, even though I'm at home. All right. All right. Well, then the the final question is from form user Eridar. And the question is, any chance you'll allow mounts to be used in all-player housing? Uh, well, the answer to all-player housing is no. <laughs> um, we, could let, we could allow them in some-player housing, there are player houses that are completely, literally designed so that we don't want people flying in them. Letting that you, feels like that'd be a problem. Yeah, letting you run. I mean, there's already players that know how to like pop out of the the house and go outside the geo and start building stuff on top of it. You know, I mean that kind of thing. But as far as allowing mounts in all player housing, I don't think that'll ever happen. I, I can tell you that every year. There's something we do that, you know, Art says, yeah, no mounts in here. So um, (laughs) that's a lot of that is dictated by Art. When we went back and we put flying in the game and we had to go through and redo the tops of all the overland zones. Every single overland zone. Yeah, put ceilings in all of them and put geo where there wasn't geo and like, Oh my God, what a nightmare. And so like every time our art director talks mm. about that, you can just see him dying a little bit more inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's simultaneously horrifying and amazing. Like it's just (laughs) like you watch years fall off of his life. It's really sad, but also kind of impressive. I mean, it's on the list of things that if I could go back and not do, I would go back and not do it. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of games who successfully haven't added flying mounts that the game is still fun and there's still awesome mounts and you can still travel quickly and 
da 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 da. Um, but like one of my major complaints about flying is when you come into a brand new expansion zone and you can fly, then it's just it makes everything feel small, right? And when you have to go adventure through it on foot and find everything and run around. We build these massive zones. Like last year, the zones we built were just huge. And that was why we decided that, you know, for the first part of the expansion, you couldn't fly. Eventually, we let you earn it. But as you're doing the signature quests and as you're exploring and discovering new things, we didn't allow you to fly. So, and that, I I will say that you could probably expect more of that in the future because... One of my least favorite complaints is we do what we do with what we got, and people are like, how come you don't do more Overland zones? <laughs> how come everything's so small compared to Kunark? And it's like, yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, people is the first. Kunark didn't have flying back then either, so, you know, that's another thing is those zones felt massive until you could fly around them, and then they didn't feel that big anymore. But no one goes back and goes, oh, you know what? Jar South Waste doesn't feel that big as I thought it was, right? Because I can fly, and I'm moving at 175 miles an hour instead of, you know, 75. Right. So, I yeah. Think, I think I've, at this point, with all the MMOs that I've ever played at, at this point in my life, I think I've arrived at the philosophy for all the ones that have introduced flying mm-hmm. that... When a new X-Pack drops, I don't want to fly on my main character until after I've cleared all the stuff for that X-Pack. Mm-hmm. Like, not like rating and everything like that, but like achievements or collections or whatever they're called, um, mm-hmm. strikes, outfits. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's, they're called so many different things at this point. It's really hard okay. to keep track. But like my very first character, I want to experience everything. Like I still want to be have my mount speed. Mm-hmm. On the ground, like I worked really hard right. for that. If someone took my like my mouth speed away, I think I'd be kind of livid. But yeah. like, <laughs> but like, I just want to be able to use my ground mount, and I want to explore it the first time, and then be able to unlock flying for all my other alts. Right. Like I don't yeah. want to do that. Like, I, and I don't. You know don't want to do that a, eight times. Right? I don't want to do it eight times. I would, <laughs> I would murder someone if I had to do it eight or sixteen or twelve or you know, yeah, like however many whatever. else I have, whatever game yeah. I'm playing. Right. But I would, I would be so angry if I had to do it multiple times. But like that very first time, and I, I know there are players who don't like it, but like it's one of those things because, and especially, not a lot of new MMOs are coming out anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it's really nice to feel that sense of exploration the first time mm-hmm. when you're hitting those new areas. And I really do right. feel like being able to fly immediately kind of takes away from that personally. Yeah. It's obviously also, also this is a personal opinion, guys. I'm the community manager. I just want to be very <laughs> clear. Right. I am not determining the policy of the games you play. This is me playing a lot of MMOs and this is a personal opinion. Exactly. And I feel the same way. And we did like this year, we did get a lot of compliments from people who were like, you know, having to go through this the first time and not being able to fly, everything felt bigger. It felt more like I was exploring. It was more exciting to find things. And then one of the things we did is we spent a whole lot of time putting in more stuff, more content that unlocks when you can fly. 
So now you can go back in the zones and fly, and now there's quests and all kinds of stuff that you couldn't get to when you couldn't fly. That's kind of, I think, something that we want to continue doing on, in the, at least in the next expansion. So when we go to the, the light side of the moon, we had some pretty awesome overland zones, like Aurelian Coast was it was pretty awesome. It was pretty, pretty cool. And um, we're trying to take that to the next level for the dark side of the moon. So you pro- I can pretty much say expect not being able to fly, you know, until you've completed a certain amount of content. Sure. Also, and I, I don't even know what we've talked about at this point, but surprise everybody. If we hadn't already publicly said we're going to the dark <laughs> side of the moon, we're going to the dark side of the moon. We may have already officially said it, but honestly, I don't remember. I think we did. I think Holly put it I, in one of I her, think Holly put it in one of her, one of her <laughs> producer letters. And, you know, you think I probably should know since I edited all of them at least. So <laughs> who knows? But I go. think that is a great place to cut it off for this. We episode. should we should make it a habit of just completely, you know, giving something away in every podcast. No, like, I don't. <laughs> please, like, please, no. Whoops. <laughs> Our wonderful sound designer, who is an amazing person, and I really, really like, already suffers enough from this at-home recording that we're doing. Absolutely. So adding additional edits is just going to tax them more. Which I'm going to say has happened in the it, past. It, it has happened in the past. So I'd like to try and avoid it. Uh, and I think that is it for this episode. Kyle, thank you very much uh, for answering questions as always. I am Dreamweaver, your friendly neighborhood community manager. This is Candor's Candor. See you in game.